Thank you for listening to the preaching ministry of Oxford Baptist Church. We pray you'll be blessed as you apply these truths to your life. Well, good morning, church. I hope you've had a good weekend so far. Uh, looking forward to a great week. Amen. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. The message this morning is simply entitled, Forgiveness, Christianity 101, or subtitled, A Matter of the Heart. Let's stand together as we read from God's Word. Beginning in verse 21 of Matthew 18. Then Peter came up to him and said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. That's a hyperbole, meaning there's just no end to forgiveness. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. One talent is the wage of a laborer for one year. He owed him a tremendous sum. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees imploring him, Have patience with me. And I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Denarii is a day laborer's wage. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what he had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to the master all that had taken place. Then the master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant. I forgave you that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, the master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for loving us, and thank you for giving us this beautiful day to come and worship you. And now, Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I pray, God, that today you'll speak to us through the presence of your Holy Spirit. And Father, I pray that if there's anyone here this morning that really needs to have forgiveness in their spirit and heart, I pray, God, that you will let us know that. I pray by your Holy Spirit, Father, that we will all know how wonderful you are 
and that we will absolutely rejoice in the reality that you have forgiven us completely and totally through your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Forgiveness truly is a matter of the heart. As we begin, I would like to make you uh, aware of two statements that I'm going to make. Okay, the first statement is simply this. Forgiveness is instantaneous. Forgiveness is instantaneous. No, when we ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sin, He doesn't ask us to do something uh, spiritual gymnastics or I'm going to just watch you for about a month or two or a year and you come back and ask me for forgiveness later after that period of time has transpired and we'll have another discussion. No, the Bible says if we confess our sins, what? He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He does it immediately. Forgiveness is immediate. Now, secondly, and this is where I suppose human nature really enters in in our predicament, reconciliation is not instantaneous. Reconciliation is a process. Uh, we can forgive, but it doesn't work out all of the uh, issues. Forgiveness is paramount, and forgiveness is tantamount uh, to reconciliation. But reconciliation takes a while. Uh, we do have to work through the process of reconciliation. But we should all be aware that we need to do forgiveness and then work through that reconciliation. Amen? Now, on March the 24th, 1989, something tragic happened. On a cold, cold night in Alaska, the Exxon Valdez was being steered by the second mate, and he hit Bly Reef. And one of the most beautiful places on earth, Prince Edward Sound, was covered with 11 million barrels of crude oil. Can you imagine what an awful sight that must have been? How pristine and how beautiful it was, and then all of a sudden be covered in black tar. I said that as we make a transition into this message. Sometimes if we're not careful, we will allow the dark clouds of the past to just come in and encroach our present. Uh, that's a reality that happens to most all of us. And so has that happened to you? Do you have a shadow from your past that kind of overcrowds your present and absolutely retards or limits your potential? Uh, do you have unforgiveness abiding in your heart because of something that's happened to you? Maybe it's because of abuse. Uh, as a counselor, through the many years that I've counseled, I have counseled in situations of all kinds of abuse and at all levels, and uh, it's very difficult. But I want you to know something. Our Heavenly Father can help you to overcome that. He can. He's a Heavenly Father that can change your heart. He can change your past. 
You know, only God can do that. The Bible says that our Lord Jesus Christ is the same what? Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Forevermore, He's the same. And I don't care what's happened to you. I don't care to what extent it's happened to you. Not only is there forgiveness from your Heavenly Father, but He will also empower you to be as forgiving as you need to be. Could it be that anger has just uh, flooded your heart from something that's happened? Maybe you were overlooked. Maybe something happened to you that uh, basically uh, you just feel like was so absolutely inappropriate and it's just clouded you. It comes back every once in a while. Have you ever had something to enter your mind that was just absolutely, you know, ungodly? About a relationship, about something that happened to you? Wham! It just hits you? I think you have. Maybe you've just been hurt. Hurt, hurt, hurt. Parts of you are broken, and sometimes when that happens, if not all the time, we become very bitter. Just very bitter. Wow. Then resentment sets in. Resentment is uh, when you allow what's eating you to eat you up. That's a good definition of resentment. And sometimes it happens very slowly. But it can just cause you to have such a negative attitude. It can cause you to have such a absolute bad feeling about yourself. Resentment can also be defined uh, this way, to nurse a hurt until it becomes a grudge. You know, there's nothing pretty about a grudge. I was telling a group of children one time that when you have a grudge, it's just horrible. I said, nothing good comes from a grudge. I said, you replace the first two letters uh, with SL and you got sludge. Nothing comes good from a sludge. A little boy raised his hand, and I said, yes, son. He said, well, preacher, I know something can come good from it. I said, what? He said, just remove the first two letters and put F, and you got fudge. (laughs) I said, well, you got me. You know, what can you say? Out of the mouth of babes and children. Wow. Chronic grudges create all kinds of maladies that we experience. This is a documented fact. If you hold things in your heart and you're unable to forgive, and you have a chronic grudge, uh, anger just takes place. And it causes elevated cholesterol. Did you know they found out, uh, studying you, that If you're not careful, your elevated cholesterol is not because you ate too much of this or too much of that. It might be because you're just angry. And your body is just generating it. High blood pressure. It causes high blood pressure if you hold things in. Also, it causes a a rise in anxiety. And unresolved hostility leads to depression. I looked at that as I was doing research and I got to thinking. I just had a physical recently and the doctor says, your cholesterol is elevated, your high blood pressure, and I, I believe you're anxious. And I said, good heavens. 
Maybe, maybe I got to go back and take an inventory here and take stock of what's going on. You know, and, uh, and then I found out that I needed to forgive Linda for, for not doing everything I tell her to do. Now, I just want you to know this from the bottom of my heart and from the Word of God. Number one, forgiveness from God is dependent upon your forgiveness of others. Forgiveness from God is dependent upon your forgiveness of others. In chapter 18, of course, we're talking about restoring a brother. But in that relationship, Jesus goes and gives us this parable about the servants and how he acted. And uh, it is so important for us to listen to the Word of God. Uh, Even in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. For if we forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. So you see, forgiveness that we want and that we seek and that we desperately need is really contingent upon how we forgive others. Think about this. This servant, who owed an astronomical debt, came to his king and said, Look, there's just no way I can pay this. And so the king looked at him, the ruler, and said, Okay, I'm going to put you in jail. I'm going to incarcerate your family, your children. I'm going to take everything you own until you pay your debt. The Bible said he fell down on his knees and, and cried out for mercy. Please, please have mercy. Give me just some time, and I'll, I'll pay everything I owe. And compassion was shared on him and for him, and his debt was released. Now, that's a picture of us. Our Lord Jesus Christ has paid our debt, a debt that we could not pay. We just couldn't pay it. The only way it could be paid is for a man to pay it, And none of us could pay it because we just don't have the capacity. But thank God, in that while we were yet sinners, the Bible said he sent forth his Son. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God's Savior, came. And as he bore our sins in his body on the tree, he forgave us. He forgave us our debt. He's paid the price. Amen? We couldn't pay it. Because there's not one righteous, no, not one. There's not one perfect, no, not one. The heart of man is continually evil, the Bible says. But Jesus Christ came, the God-man, who knew no sin and became sin, that you and I might know and receive the forgiveness and mercy and grace of God and be born again into the family of God. He paid our debt. What an awesome Savior. And now you need to understand he's telling us. He says, I want you to know this, that an unforgiving heart is unforgivable. 
Now you need to take an inventory. Do you have an unforgiving heart? Jesus said, listen to this parable that I'm telling you because it's the reality of life. It's where you live. You must forgive others as I have forgiven you. There's a freedom in forgiveness. Uh, There is a release in forgiveness. A lot of people are burdened down because of things that have happened to them in the past. I've had so many sessions through the years that when I was uh, finished with the session, I was absolutely worn out. Uh, People basically uh, sharing things that have happened. And I say, oh, God, uh, not only do I pray with them and and, and guide and give uh, good counsel, but also I'm thanking God that uh, for his grace and mercy in my own life. And I just thank God that those kinds of things have not really happened to me. I'm going to ask you something again now. Do you have an unforgivable heart? You say, Brother Ronnie, what does that mean? That just simply means if you can't forgive others, your Heavenly Father won't forgive you. As a matter of fact, if you go back and read in chapter 18, where this man comes and gives an offering to the Lord, and he has an ought against his brother, the Bible tells him, you just leave your offering there and go reconcile with your brother, and then I'll accept your offering. Uh, I was approached one time by a man after a service preaching about forgiveness. And he said, you mean to tell me that if I hold things in my heart and I give my tithe, that God doesn't receive my tithe? And I said, well, I I think that's what the Bible says. But I said, well, let, let me correct something here. I said, Jesus might not receive your tithe, but the church will. And I said, if you keep tithing and we receive your tithe, I said, it'll keep giving you the word of God so that you'll get right both ways. So I'm just telling you, folks, an unforgiving heart is absolutely the culprit of so many things that go wrong in our own life. It really is. An unforgiving heart will just absolutely sludge you up. It'll cause you to think wrongly. It'll cause you to act wrongly. An unforgiving heart, the Bible says, is unforgivable. And then the True worship awaits upon Christian forgiveness. The scripture is teaching us in Matthew five twenty-two through 24. An unforgiving heart results in torments of the spirit. You remember when the rich man was cast into, uh, into hell? And when he said, uh, please uh, go tell my brother. Go tell my family. I don't want them to come to this place. Torments of the soul. An unforgiving heart results in the torments of the conscience. It really does. It causes you to have bad dreams. It causes things to just absolutely encroach upon your potential to the point that you just get so frustrated. We've got to understand that true worship waits on release through forgiveness. You know what happens if we don't forgive? We become people who pity ourselves. Look at me. You just don't know what's happened to me. 
You just don't. I've asked people through the years, I've learned people who to ask and who not to ask, how they feel. Uh, I asked a person one time in a church, I said, well, how do you feel today? And man, I'll tell you, I thought I was in an orthopedic clinic. And the doctor and nurse was both reading the results of a complete physical. You know, but I'm going to tell you, an unforgiving heart, and uh, you, you, you just can't get in a worship spirit if, if all of that residual is there. He says, you know, true freedom and true worship and true commitment just can't happen if you have an unforgiving heart. It also results in imagined illnesses. It does. Psychosomatic illnesses come a lot of times from people not being able to deal with their past. Have you ever met someone who had everything in the world wrong with them, and if a new disease is announced on TV, they get it that week? You know, if you look back at their, they're hurt. They really are. They need release. And, and also, if, if, we, if we just can't release it, if we can't have that forgiving heart, it also results in the used and abused syndrome. It really does. And then, lastly, it causes psychosomatic illnesses. Uh, it is a documented fact that about 50 or more percent of the people who go into the hospital for testing really don't need it. It's simply because of imagined illnesses and things that have hurt them in the past that they just have been unable to conquer. Well, I got good news for you this morning. Through Jesus Christ, we're more than conquerors. Through Jesus Christ, He can come and absolutely help you to erase the past. I thank God for that. He can come in and say, look, I've got you back. I want you to know that what has happened is under the blood, and I want you to know that you're in my hand, and you're in my Father's hand, and nobody's going to pluck you out, and I'm going to be with you no matter where you go, even until the end of the age. Our Lord Jesus Christ knows exactly how we feel. Have you ever read in the Bible where it says, Be not anxious? Be not anxious for anything, but in all things through prayer and Supplication and thanksgiving that your request be made known unto you. Be not. You know what the Bible says? Be not anxious, because God knows we are. We are anxious. I walk in my sleep. You know? Do you? You know? Do you? Are you anxious sometimes? Yes. I'm anxious when I drive, and I'm reminded quite frequently. I'm telling you, be not anxious. You know why? Simply because God knows we get anxious and we get uptight. He, he can fix that too. Amen. Uh, you ever get depressed? Uh, depression. There are many levels of depression, many reasons for depression, but basically generalized depression is just a yucky feeling. Get depressed and get anxious. It's just, it's not a good combination. But do you remember when Jesus was praying in the garden before his betrayal? And he was just 
praying and praying and praying. And the Bible says his sweat became, as it were, what? Great drops of blood falling to the ground. Now just, just think, think about this with me for a moment. That is a condition, a human condition called diapedesis. D-I-A-P-E-D-E-S-I-S. Diapedesis. That you can become so in an agony until your blood comes through your sweat pores. Have you ever been that upset? Huh? Anybody ever sweated blood in here? That's why Jesus said, I've been in all points tried like you are, yet without sin. He's been there, done that, and sweated blood. He knows how we feel. He knows where we are. He knows what we need to do. When he was on the cross, Jesus said, Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. <laughs> I'm telling you what. That is love beyond our imagination. A human story. When Nelson Mandela spent 27 years of his adult life in prison because of apartheid, and when he was elected president in South Africa, can you believe that? When he was elected president in South Africa, of course, there came a time of a coronation, and he was allowed to invite whoever he wanted. And on the very last row in that great hall, he put all the people that were over him in prison for 27 years, the warden, the guards, and the people, right on the back row. And he came from the back to the front. Somebody asked him, Nelson, why in the world would you want to put all those people back there? And you know what Nelson Mandela said? He said, I cannot take one step with hate in my heart. If I did, I would remain there captive forever. Now, that's forgiveness, amen? I mean, he just forgave them. 27 years in prison. One step towards being the president of this great nation. With hate in my heart, I'll still be a captive. I want to tell you something. I don't want you to take one step out of this place today with anything in your heart that keeps you from becoming what God would want you to be. He'd want you to be happy. Y'all are beginning to learn already that I'm a happy person. Some people think my driveway don't go all the way to the carport. But I just want you to know this. You know, I have joy in the Lord. Amen? I do. I, I just, when, when old Jason's playing the drums, bam, I'm right there with him, boy. I'm getting it. You know, before this thing's over with, I'll able to get up and dance. I don't know. But I'm just going to tell you something, and I want you to take this seriously. Don't leave today with an unforgiving heart. 
Because Jesus told us that an unforgiving heart is unforgivable. So today I pray that if God has talked to you in your spirit, through his Holy Spirit, if there's anything you need to confess to him, I'm going to ask you to do that. I'm just going to pray that you have courage to do that. You can do it right where you stand. In a moment, I'm going to give an invitation. If you're here and you'd like to come forward for us to pray with you, that'd be fine. I would love to do that. There may be someone in here this morning who's given their life to Jesus Christ, and you've not come forward yet and made that public and followed him in believer's baptism. That'd be awesome if you did that this morning. If you're here and you'd like to be a part of this great church family, come on. We need you, and we need each other. There's nothing in the world like having a family. Amen? Uh, I love to go around every Sunday and see all the family and gathering together in Bible study. It just, just warms my heart. It's beautiful to see. So whatever the Lord tells you to do in these next few moments, do it. When you do, you'll never be sorry. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving to us an absolutely wonderful, matchless Savior. Thank you for your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And now, Heavenly Father, if there's someone here this morning who needs to make a decision about anything, you know who they are. Give them courage to do it. And Father, I pray today, because of reading your word and being in the presence of your spirit, that God, you've helped us to see how important it is for us to have a forgiving heart. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray God will use this message for his glory in your life. If you would like more information, please feel free to contact us at info at oxfordbaptistchurch.com. Oxford Baptist Church is located in Oxford, Georgia. If you're close, we'd love to meet you.